everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, welcome back. Today we are getting back into narrative. This is a narrative we've already read. We're going to be in uh, 2 Kings 20 to 21. We've read this story before, uh, but I think it is valuable to listen to this story Uh, With a thought in your mind, what do you do if you're confronted with something that you know is wrong, but it really doesn't affect you at all? So you know something is happening, you know something is occurring that is not right, but you also know it's not going to put you in a bad situation in any way at all. How do you handle that? What do you do about that? Here is a story that has to do exactly with that. So as we jump into 2 Kings 20 and 21, keep wanting to say 1 Kings, I don't know why. Uh, What do you think, Jenny? Well, I think Hezekiah has been really refreshing for us as a king because he's actually dedicated to honoring the Lord, tearing down other gods and their, their idols and all their places of sacrifice. So that's been like really refreshing about him. And I think he stands out because of that. But he's also offered extreme grace and mercy because of that. And I think because he hits like a really low moment knowing that he's very sick and the Lord extends mercy and gives him 15 more years of life. But in that, I think he becomes very complacent. Like he's just like, whatever, like, I'm glad that I could live this whole life. I'm hearing this prophecy from Isaiah that like there's days coming of basically doom and gloom on my household, but it's all great now. And if it's not going to impact me while I'm alive, who cares? Um, There's like this irresponsibility and I don't know, just like a weird kind of side of him that shows. And I'm wondering if that's because of the grace and mercy he was shown because of his sickness. It is. It's a, it's an odd story for sure. Mm -hmm. And we did discuss this story already. It is recorded in Isaiah chapter 38. And it's very, very similar uh, to exactly what is written down. The last time we talked about this story on the podcast, I think I remember us talking a little bit about sovereignty and like free will and choice. Uh, That topic comes up from time to time. I don't want to wear you guys out with it. Uh, But if you want to hear some conversation on that topic, you can go back and check out our episode that we did on Isaiah 38. Uh, We basically talked about how if you are like an extreme faith in God's sovereignty kind of person, uh, it is difficult to make sense of this story. It very clearly from the text seems like Hezekiah just asks for more life and God gives him more life. It seems like the plan changed. Uh, So if you want to hear more about that, you can go back and check out that episode on Isaiah uh, 38. Uh, What is odd here is that it does seem like, I mean, Hezekiah has gotten a pass. I hear what you're saying, Jenny. Like, He's done good things. He was like the first guy in a long line of kings to tear down the high places. Yeah. So much of the text was always like, well, it was he was a good king, but he didn't tear down the high places. That's Hezekiah actually went that far and did it. Uh, but it's it's very odd that Isaiah is telling him, hey, there is going to be like everything that you've showed the Babylonians. Well, first of all, it's very stupid that he showed the Babylonians all his stuff. Uh, this shows like a, a little bit of a prideful streak uh-huh. in him. It feels to me like it reminds me of David's census. Like when God punishes David for taking a census of the kingdom when he was not allowed to, there's echoes of that in this story. Cause Hezekiah is basically like, look at all this stuff that I have. And he's very proud of it. 
And then Isaiah tells him like, Hey, you are, what you're doing is dumb. And all of this stuff is going to be carried away to Babylon and your own descendants, like children that come from you uh, will be eunuchs in the palace in Babylon. And Hezekiah's response is shocking. Like his response, where's it, where's it recorded actually? It's in um, verse 19. Yeah. So it's chapter 20, verse 19. It's not necessarily his response. It just says, for he thought. Then, yeah. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. I mean, that's pretty shocking. Like Isaiah's like, Hezekiah, all of this is going to be stolen and your own kids or grandkids are going to be eunuchs serving in Babylon. He's like, this is good. Yeah, but I wonder if the goodness, and I think we can also do it too, is like the goodness stops with him. So like, man, who cares? But I think that like, that's a huge disconnect from family, from like your line, not caring about future generations. It just seems really out of touch for him. And he is mentioned in our study Bible in these verses as um, being a king like David, but also having his dark side. Yeah, just like David. Shoot. Uh, the, the text here in Second Kings says he thought, why not? This is quote in quotes. Why not? If there will be peace and security in my days. Mm-hmm. So this is directly related to that question I asked at the beginning of the episode. Like, how do you handle situations that you know are wrong? but also know that they don't affect you. For example, have you ever permitted something that is wrong to continue because you're thinking, well, you know, it'll it'll at least guarantee peace in my time here. Or it will make things better, but I won't I have no like I have nothing in the game. It's like, at least it's, good for me. Yeah. Who cares? Like I know what's happening here yeah. is wrong. I know how this person being is being treated is wrong. Uh but it doesn't affect me and really if I just let it slide uh, it guarantees peace and security for me. Yeah. So it's kind of sad because I think here we have, like we were saying earlier, this king who's finally making the right decisions, but towards the end of his life just becomes, like we said earlier, just very complacent and doesn't really care, which I think that is like a generational thing that impacts generations to come. And it clearly impacts his son. Um, it clearly impacts his i guess would be grandson then yeah yeah um and we get flung right into josiah who takes over as an eight-year-old son or excuse me an eight-year-old king yeah so like we'll pick up on that but it's crazy like they didn't last long and everything that was prophesied once again comes true and the the text says that uh, hezekiah's son manasseh led them astray to do more evil than the nations that uh, had done more evil than the nations had done whom the Lord destroyed before the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. So the text is now letting us know that the people of Israel have become so wicked that their wickedness has exceeded the people that were devoted to destruction when Joshua came into the promised land. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So that is scandalous. We have uh, Manasseh sacrificing his own son. Uh, we have him building high places and altars. We have him using the outer courts of the temple um, to worship other gods. We even see him uh, building a statue of Asherah in the temple complex. So Manasseh, not good. I think uh, your part then that kind of goes right along with this is that we need to be very aware of, of generations coming after us and making sure that we live out what the Lord wants of our lives and honor him. 
to the very end and not be concerned with like, well, this is going to be great for me and I don't really care what happens after. Because I've actually heard that like, when I'm gone, I'm gone. But like, why not live out a life and have a legacy of like wanting to instill in the next generation to continue to pursue those same things? I I almost get this thought of um it's it's really not okay and that's this is communicated by the feel of the text it's really not okay to let evil things continue Mm -hmm. as long as peace Mm -hmm. is guaranteed for you and this can apply i'm sure i'm sure there are many many things either personally in your life uh, maybe professionally at your job uh, maybe just like globally you know nationally globally like there are many things that occur that are very evil and wicked before god and we really should not support them and allow them to continue. It's it's really not enough to just sit idly by. Mm-hmm. Um, we really should have some active role in creating kingdom culture that's like culture, like centered around Jesus, centered around God's law um, here in our lives. Because it's, it's, at least for Hezekiah, it was not okay for him to say, well, whatever, it's only going to affect my grandkids. What do I care? Right. Um, so that, that selfishness is really frowned upon. And I think it does call us to like healthy kingdom advocacy, where we really are standing up for what's right, even when what's wrong is not affecting us personally. Um, because when we allow the name of the Lord to be maligned um, and we allow it to just passively happen, um, I think we do have some responsibility in that to push against that. So I don't know specifically what that looks like. I don't know your exact context. I can think of many things in my own context. Um, And I want to do what I can to stand for what's right, uh, even when it's uncomfortable or a little bit Mm -hmm, weird. mm -hmm. So uh, so tomorrow we'll be jumping into 2 Chronicles, uh, doing some more narrative kind of stuff. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Second Kings chapter 20. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, thus says the Lord. Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out in the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add fifteen years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Bring a cake of figs, and let them take and lay it on the boil that it may recover. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me? and that I shall go to the house of the Lord on the third day. And Isaiah said, This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps, or go back ten steps? And Hezekiah answered, Is it an easy thing for the shadow to lengthen ten steps? Rather, let the shadow go back ten steps. 
And Isaiah the prophet called to the Lord, and he brought the shadow back ten steps, by which it had gone down on the steps of Ahaz. And at that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters and presents to king Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah welcomed them and showed them all his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his armory, and all that was found in the storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all the realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all which your fathers have stored up to this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not, if there will be peace and security in my days? The rest of the deeds of Hezekiah and all his might and how he made the pool and the conduit and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his place. Chapter 21 Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hafizbah, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord according to the despicable practices of the nations from the Lord drove out from the people of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places that Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he erected altars for Baal and made Asherah as Ahab king of Israel had done, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem will I put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he burned his son as an offering, and used fortune-telling and omens, and dealt with mediums and with necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. And he carved an image of Asherah that he had made set in the house of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will not cause the feet of Israel to wander any more out of the land that I gave to their fathers, if only they will be careful to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they did not listen, and Manasseh led them astray to do more evil than the nations had done whom the Lord destroyed before the people of Israel. And the Lord said by his servants, the prophets, Because Manasseh the king of Judah has committed these abominations, and has done things more evil than all the Amorites did, who were before him, and he has made Judah also to sin with his idols. Therefore thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing upon Jerusalem and Judah such disaster, that the ears of everyone who hears of it will tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria, and the plumb line of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. And I will forsake the remnant of my heritage, and give them to the hand of their enemies, and they shall become a prey and a spoil to all their enemies, because they have done what is evil in my sight, and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood, till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other, besides the sin that he made Judah to sin, so that they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. 
Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and all that he did and the sin that he committed, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Manasseh slept with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his house, in the garden of Uzzah, and Ammon his son reigned in his place. Ammon was twenty-two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Heruz of Jothbah. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as Manasseh his father had done. He walked in all the way in which his father walked, and served the idols that his father served, and worshipped them. He abandoned the Lord, the God of his fathers, and did not walk in the way of the Lord. And the servants of Ammon conspired against him, and put the king to death in his house. But the people of the land struck down all who had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? And he was buried in his tomb in the garden of Uzzah, and Josiah his son reigned in his place. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow. Thank you.